Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, and this is episode 123 of the podcast. A couple of weeks ago, I had the fantastic author Michael Northrop on. On that show, episode 118, he talked about his latest DC project, the all-ages Young Alfred Pain in the Butler. Highly recommend it. So enjoyed reading it. I now love that story, but I also love the art by Sam Loft. I put out some feelers, asking Sam might want to come on to the show. Thanks, Michael. And today's guest is Sam. And it represents the type of podcast I'm trying to do more often. And that is, I'm trying to get people to always sample comic books and creators that deserve more time in the spotlight. I believe there are must-reads from every era of the comic books if read in the context of the times. Even this Bronze Age baby has opened his eyes about the difference between all ages and kid comics by none other than Michael Northrop. Look at the show notes for Michael's show and learn more about Sam's work. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. Hope you continue to sample the show. Please look at the show notes and follow the podcast on social media and subscribe. I want the podcast to continue to grow. And as I've said, I want to introduce fans to a different way of discovering and reading fantastic comic book. Now, on to today's show. Welcome to the podcast. Last week, if everything goes right, I had Michael Northrop on for uh, his new young all ages author from DC Comics called Young Alfred and <laughs> the Butler. Oh my, hold on, I'm going to redo this. Hold on a second. I'm going to stop this. Right. Uh, sorry, I, I, I got a text at the same time. And that's just uh, threw me off. Um, I mean, you do you this stuff. What? Just give me, do, you, do you do any editing? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do some editing, but okay. not a lot. All your ums and ahs and stutters and whatever. No, because if we're talking for 15, 20 minutes, it's going to take me about yeah. an hour to edit you. That's why I give that's you the, I give you the talking points. Um, what I will right. do is I'll take your video. Um, I'll probably eventually put it on YouTube, but not right now. But what I'll do is I'm asking you the questions. I'll do a video clip. Like I might say, well, what's Young Alfred all about? <laughs> and I'll have that as a question. I'll do a video clip and send people to the um, <clears throat> thing. Hold on a second here. You're gonna be like Michael. Don't ever sit me with this man again. He sat there on his damn phone for a half an hour. I'm a busy man. I ain't got it all day. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Um, I didn't fine. think. So. And all right. <clears throat> there we go. All right. We're gonna do this again. 
Welcome to the podcast. Last week, I had Michael Northrup, author of A Young Alfred, Pain in the Butler, the new all-ages graphic novel from D.C. I was lucky enough to be able to reach out and get the artist on the show, Sam Lofty. Sam, I usually ask this person the same question. What's your comic book origin story and what made you a lifelong fan of comic books? Um... My first comic I remember having, I was probably six years old, was the uh, copy of a uh, Donald Duck comic uh, off a of spinner rack at a gas station that my dad got me. And uh, I was back the very next week. I picked up X-Men and it was, you know, it was it was a deep dive since then. So I've been hooked ever since I was probably six reading comics, everything from Donald Duck to Uncle Scrooge to X-Men to Incredible Hulk, I, you know, all the Marvel stuff. I grew up as a Marvel kid. So. But, you know, I, I love that question, but sometimes, sometimes it sounds kind of like, a can question, but how you people answer that question usually dates them. And I love to hear it because the first thing out of your mouth was spinner rack. And that yeah. dates, that's like carbon <laughs> dating for a comic book fan. So I know exactly Absolutely. your age. Yeah. And you're the first yeah. person that ever mentioned Donald Duck as one of their influences as a creator. So that's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so is working in the comic book industry something you always wanted to do? And how did you break into comic books? And tell us a little bit more about yourself while you're talking um yeah i mean absolutely i mean like i said ever since i was reading comics since i was six uh was it was one thing i always wanted to do um and you know that and animation those are the two things that i was always fascinated about was you know how do they you know how do animators do what they do so everything from you know uh filmation's he-man to uh you know the, all the disney movies and everything else was uh, just fascinated me as a kid growing up and i was always constantly drawing you know i was drawing ever since i could hold a pencil in my hand at the age of two so um, anything I could get my hands on and draw, I would just do all the time. Um, and then of course, when the Ninja Turtles came out back, you know, early, early, you know, late to late eighties, early nineties, that, that was another fascination for me. So everything from drawing Ninja Turtles to, you know, He-Man to X-Men and all the other Marvel characters, Incredible Hulk was another big influence, uh, on me. So as far as to answer your question, how I got into the comic industry, year, fast forward years later, uh, you know, end of high school, I'm in getting into college. I'm looking into publishers and who's around. I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, by the way. Uh, but, you know, of course, Marvel and DC being in New York at the time, I was like, OK, well, I'm not, you know, I'm a kid from Texas. I'm not going to, to, to New York anytime soon. Uh, but I looked for some local publishers and I found a local publisher in San Antonio by the name of Antarctic Press. Who was doing a lot of uh, American manga type of comics at the time, everything from Ninja High School to uh, some other titles that they had going on at the time. And uh, I figured, you know what, I'll just submit something there. I'll just submit my portfolio. And they were local, so I was like, you know what, I can just go down to the offices and knock on their door and check it to see if I can set up an appointment, get a portfolio review or something in person. And so I went knocking on doors and got an interview with them. And they they liked my work at the time. I had built up a portfolio that they felt was strong enough to start to feature on their. Uh, their monthly uh, magazine called Mangazine at the time. So I did a few covers for them there, did some short stories uh, and some how to draw manga articles there for them. And that's kind of how I got my start. Uh, from there, I uh, got quickly got into, you know, wanted to get into animation and uh, studied that for a while. It's mostly self-taught with that. And um, fast forward, you know, back to around like 2009, I started my first animation job with Antarctic Press in Austin, Texas. So I moved up to Austin with my wife and uh, did animation there for several years, enjoyed it. It was a team effort and I loved working with a bigger team of creators. And so it was a lot of fun, worked on everything from 
commercial properties to cartoons to video games and uh that was a lot of fun too but eventually i kind of got i was kind of missing that personal touch that comics have and just decided you know what i want to get back into comics and that was right around the time a friend of mine had recommended the uh that i you know try my hand at the uh, dc talent development work uh, workshop and that's kind of where it, where things kind of took off from there and I, that was i was one of the i think there's eight other artists that got picked for that program it was 2016 is when i got my foot in the door with DC and never looked back. <laughs> so what types of story do you like to draw and where might some fans be able to find some of your work? I love all kinds of stories. Uh, my favorite though, if I had to pick a couple would be fantasy stories. Um, everything from Lord of the Rings and you know, things like that. I, I love, I love drawing uh, all kinds of fantasy stories as well as horror stories and any kind of spooky story I enjoy doing. I can you know, get my hands on it. I'd love to draw that sort of stuff. Um, uh, as far as finding my work, uh, I've done work for DC Comics, which is funny because I grew up as a Marvel kid. I ended up working for DC. That's uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've done work for DC, everything from uh, Harley Quinn uh, stories to uh, Dr. Fate, uh, as well as Secret Squirrel backup for uh, Scooby Apocalypse. Um, but yeah, I mean, more, more recently, some of my recent work I've done, I did a book with uh, Boom Studios with Rob Guillory, who's the uh, author, uh, the artist of Chew. He wrote a series called Mosley. It's a mini series that I, we just recently wrapped up, uh, and that's a fun sci-fi action adventure story. Um, and then, of course, Young Alfred from DC Comics uh, it just recently came out, the first of August. Um, and before that, I did a book at uh, Dark Horse Comics called The uh, Last Stop on the Red Line. That's that's a little bit more of a uh, horror slash thriller mystery type of story. So. People can uh, find the work there and, and any other updated stuff. You can usually find me on uh, Instagram or on my website. Uh, it's samlotfi.com. And my socials is usually at slotfi. So. I will have links for all that in the show notes. Not a problem. But I have become a big fan of Michael Northrop. Uh, he was on back in January. And he schooled me on the difference between kids comics and all ages comics. And it really, folks, you need to go check and, and listen to the Michael Northrop interviews. He was one of my favorite guests to be on. But your art for Young Alfred is so different than other projects. What's it like to draw something like that with a graphic novel? How were you approached? How did you get attached to it? What was the whole process for you on your end? Now, I was before you answered the question, I was telling Michael, like, Michael, let me guess, when this all put together, you went to D.C. and you said, I want... And DC's like, Michael, you can do whatever you want because we have such faith in you. You can just pick everything you want. But no, seriously, Sam, how did you get involved in Young Alfred? I, uh, thankfully, it was my editor uh, at DC who said, set all of this up. Uh, she, I had worked with her. She was actually one of the people that was running the DC Talent Development Workshop at the time. And then she basically moved up to uh, an editorial position later on. And uh, thought of me and my work when when this project came up, and she had, she had approached me. I'd worked with her several uh, on several other projects before uh, that I mentioned earlier, and uh, she, this came across her desk, and she reached out, was like, "Hey, would you like to do a, a graphic novel and all about Young Alfred?" And I was like, "Absolutely, I love I love Batman, and and uh, other than the Marvel stuff, growing up as a kid, Batman and Superman were like the other main DC characters that I was really into." And I figured if I'm going to do anything for DC, I would want it to be within the Bat family. That would be really fun to do. Uh, so I, I jumped uh, at this, and uh, and it is a different approach because because it's a an all ages or a kids graphic novel. Uh, the art style had to to uh, be a little bit different than what I'm usually drawing as well. So we kind of made sure that uh, the art was a little bit cleaner, a little more 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Streamlined and uh, just uh, had a little more of a welcoming, not quite, not quite, I guess what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Not as many, like, like example, like if I was going to approach a horror story, there'd be a lot more, you know, shadows and a lot, you know, a lot more detail in certain areas, things like that. Um, but this we had to kind of pull back on that, just kind of give a little bit more light, even though it is a bad story. Uh, whenever we're in the back cave or anything else like that, there are plenty of shadows for that. But uh, as far as uh, young Alfred goes, and the rest of the students he's he's hanging out with, uh, the the art had to take a little bit of a different approach, where the everyone had to look a little bit younger, obviously because we're dealing with kids. And the color we played a lot with the color palette as well. We tried to make sure we capture um, because there are flashbacks in this book as well as present day moments. We wanted to make sure that the color palette. Uh, gave gave the reader a sense of when we're in a flashback versus when we're in the present time as well. What was it like working with Michael? Now, keep it clean. I know he could be quite the taskmaster and quite the... No, no, <laughs> seriously, folks. Michael North was one of the nicest, sweetest guys I've interviewed. He was a joy to have on there. But no, what was it like working with Michael for this project? Uh, an absolute pleasure. He was... he was uh, He's a hilarious guy to begin with. Uh, has a great sense of humor. And... Uh, and I, you know, the, the few times I did actually get the chance to talk with him, usually it's mostly over communication over emails, but the few times I did get talking, we're cracking up every time and super, uh, he's very, very um, generous as far as creative, you know, giving, giving the artists, uh, you know, the creative elbow room to, to do, you know, to, to bring in their ideas and do what they want. So I never felt that, uh, you know, uh, that I had to work within certain, you know, boundaries or anything like that. I could always offer up my ideas and he was, and he would just plus everything, you know, like and, and vice versa. We just bounce back and forth a lot. Uh, and really, it was it wasn't just me and him. Like our editor Sarah was was you know chiming in, and she had plenty of great ideas, and we all just kind of bounced off of each other. It was just like a little you know, our own little three musketeers kind of thing going on, and uh, we had a great time working together. We t I talked this with Michael, but from an artist standpoint, Alfred is a beloved character. Even though he's currently dead in a DC continuity, was that kind of in your mindset of making sure you honored the Alfred character and everything? while you were drawing that? Was that part of your creative process? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, I wasn't thinking of the current stuff as much, uh, but I, I did, you know, Alfred was always one of my favorite characters in Bad Family. And I think one of the most pivotal characters as well. I mean, uh, you know, growing up watching, you know, the movies as well as, uh, you know, the 89 Batman was the first one I saw in theaters as a kid. And it's one of my, it's still my favorite. But even seeing the, the you know, Batman, the animated series and things like that and seeing Alfred and the moments where he steps in, it, it, it's, he, he's a key player in, in Bruce's life. And without him, we wouldn't have Bruce Wayne or, or Batman for that matter. And I feel like it's drawing this book, uh, even though I don't know if the, there isn't really technically a, a, a an Alfred Pennyworth year one. But this kind of in my in my own head canon, this kind of feels like a you know Alfred year one type of book for me. So that's kind of how I approached it. it. Was like you know how what was he like as a kid? What was he like going through school, learning to be a butler, and and how did he gain the skills he needed to be the man that he was later on in life for Bruce? Did you put visual cues in there that a kid would get, but if you're an adult, you would get it on a different level too? Did you do any of that? I tried to. I, I try to, you know, I, I don't, and as far as like nothing like Easter eggs or anything like that, but I do, I do try to, I'm just flipping through a copy of the book now. Uh, I do try to uh, allude to certain things with a lot of acting, you know, coming from, uh, you know, animation background. Uh, I approach characters when I draw them from very much from an animator's uh, thinking. So, you know, when I'm drawing a character, doing something, if it's a pose or, a, you know, body language is, plays a big role. 
and then and the characters when I draw them. So I you will usually try to convey if I can convey it through body language, I will. Um, just because you know, when you read something, you're not just when you're reading comics, you're not just necessarily reading the word balloons, but you're also looking at the artwork. And I want the artwork to also and the characters to act in such a way that it reinforces whatever dialogue is being said or whatever caption is being there as well. So so when I was doing the background on for the taping. I saw you have lots of different art. I mean, this is a compliment, but your art's all over the place. You have so many different ways to do your art. And I meant that respectfully, but who are some of your uh, influences and artists that challenge you as an illustrator? Who, you know, who are the people that inspire you to be a, the best Sam that you can be when you're drawing? Um, well, I mean, I've, I've read everything from, and I still do. I try to keep an open mind when it comes to comics and art in, in general, but uh, some of my big influences, and you may not necessarily see it in my final work, but the, the artists that really influenced me growing up were um, Katsuhiro Otomo, who was the creator of uh, Akira, the, the, the manga Akira. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to read that, I highly recommend it. It's a it's a classic. Uh, but everything from him to uh, Jeff Smith, who created Bone, uh, who I recently had the pleasure of meeting at uh, Heroes Con this year. <laughs> And he's a sweetheart. Um, and to uh, it's one of those questions that puts me on the spot, I'm trying to think of all my favorite creators that influenced me. Uh, <laughs> but Sam, I gave you talking points ahead of time so you could get this all together. You're ruining the whole <laughs> podcast, Sam. I'm not having you on it. No, go on, Sam. No, this is good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of manga artists as well as uh, a lot of uh, Italian and uh, French comic book artists as well. Uh, a lot of French comics have influenced my work over time uh, as well. I can't think of all their names off the top of my head right now, but um but that's a lot of stuff I, I typically tend to read like i i do read american comics i love them but the, the stuff that really kind of captures my imagination is is everything from manga and french you know european comics as well so you broke into the industry and i meant this respectfully also a little late in life for sure. some creators <laughs> uh what advice would you give somebody either a writer or an artist who's thinking of actually breaking into, into the comic book industry um the thing is like when i when i was breaking in like everything with the industry was changing when i was breaking in so it was going it was kind of right in between the time when when you could just do stuff on your own you don't necessarily need a publisher um so it was like around what, 2002 is when i was first getting in you know early early aughts it was everything was changing so you didn't necessarily need that need the traditional publishing to to get in get out there you could use put everything online and then get get a following that way uh, but yeah, you can still approach publishers nowadays. I, the best thing I always tell people who are interested in doing comics is just make comics. You know, if, if, and, and I understand that's kind of a general vague, vague bit of advice, but, but the truth is if you love something enough, you'll do it anyway. And whatever you don't know how to do, you'll figure out or learn how to do it. What I, I kind of basically approach it in a way that like, you know, I'm going to make comics regardless, and I'm going to find all the people I need to find and ask them as many questions as I need to. Even if I'm going to become annoying at that point, I don't care. I just want this knowledge. I want this information. Uh, so it's, start making comics, even if it's just a five-page comic, eight-page comic, or even just a one-shot. You know, do that. Tell as many kinds of stories as you want to tell, and build that portfolio up to the point where you feel like you know you're confident enough to where it's good enough to show. And go to a lot of comic conventions. You know, you can approach lots of different creators either online or at a comic convention and ask for a portfolio review and get get the feedback that you need. Uh, and the constructive criticism that you need to help you get better. What else? Then, you... At that point, you know, I feel like you can submit your work to it. You know, either a publisher or you can even kickstart your own book nowadays. I mean, it's anything goes at this point. I run on this podcast. I run a lot of kickstarters. There's so many that 
that I have yeah. run. They're they're a great entry point. Do you have anything coming out soon that you can talk about besides Young um, um, Alfred? Nothing that I can talk about. I am developing a couple of projects. One one that I'm writing and drawing my, on my own, and then another, uh, which is going to be more of a fantasy slash horror kind of uh, category. And another one I'm developing with the, the my co-creator, Rob Guillory, who we, when we worked on Mosley, we're developing the next project together as well. We've got a great time working together. Sam, before we end this for today, you get the last word. Any closing thoughts? Um, read more comics. Read more comics. Buy more comics. Tell your friends and family to read more comics because it's a it's a medium that I feel like is is not read as as often as much as novels are, are read. And I love reading novels as well. But uh, but yeah, read more comics. Sam, the illustrator from Young Butler, Payne, I'm sorry, Young Alfred painted the Butler. Sam drew it. Michael Northrup wrote it. If you haven't read it, get it. It's a fantastic project. One of my favorite comic books of the year. Sam, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I am going to figure out a way to get you back on again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.